If you are a B2B service-based business owner and you are looking to gain more clients, create more impact and more revenue in your business, tune in to Amplify Your Marketing Message with Christine Campbell-Rappin. Every week, we're gonna take you through how to build an audience of buyers, mastering your marketing message, and making offers that convert consistently. We'll see you all on the inside. Welcome back. Do you subscribe to the Kevin Costner Field of Dreams business strategy? You know the one. Build it and they will come. Well, if so, this is your wake up call on Amplify Your Marketing Message. Today, we're going to be talking about the importance of a minimal viable product and how it will save time and money and actually get you more results in your business. And I'm super excited today to welcome a very good friend of mine, somebody I've collaborated with on the past. And this topic was a lightning rod at a masterclass I had last year. And I said, this is still a problem in the marketplace. Come on and talk about this with me. So give a warm welcome to Janine Bolin. Welcome to the podcast. Super excited to be sharing space with you once again. It's exciting to be here. So let's get talking about how we can help these people get money coming into their businesses. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do this. <laughs> That's right, seriously. So let's talk about what is an MVP and why does it matter? Let's start with there. Okay, so it's not a sports analogy as a lot of people are like, oh, I know what MVP is. It's, it's a, you know, the, the player, right? I'm like, no, no, it's not the most valuable player. What it is, is your minimum viable product. And not everybody has that. And that's what I find fascinating. It's like, if you're in business, what is your minimum viable product? Now, if you're an author, I work a lot with authors and business owners who are using their book as like a business card on steroids, and they're just using it for promotion and marketing. But for a lot of authors, their minimum viable product, they think, is their book. And I go, no, because your profit margin on your book is maybe 8%. <laughs> maybe if you're lucky, you have a 2%. Uh, it just depends on how much they're charging for their book. The minimum viable product is you haven't even built out the idea yet you're just floating it out there to see if anybody would buy it and what price point will they buy it at? And that is your minimum viable product. And you want to have anywhere from 10 to 15 people sign up for something and then you know it's something that will work well for you. Over and over again, I've done this with workshops. <laughs> you know, and I love this idea because so often people say, well, I'm gonna go into business. What will somebody pay for it? And I said, I just answered this question actually yesterday in a Facebook group that I belong to. And I said, well, you don't guess, you go talk to people, you do market research on three things. What do they value the result to be, both monetary and non-monetary? What alternatives have they explored and what did those cost? And what is going to really trigger the yes today? And can you move them intentionally towards that? So. Tell us a little bit about how you've come to discover MVP in your own business and why we need well, to start there. I will start there. Okay, so let's talk about workshops because I love workshops. I was an analytical biochemist. I worked in big pharma for probably 15, 20 years, dropped out of the workforce so that I could raise my children. I needed a job that would allow me to have the flexibility I needed to have four different children going to four different schools, mom taxi uh, ruled at that time. We didn't have Uber yet, so I, I couldn't even make that for side business. So I knew I was gonna do something online. And so one of the things that I really learned about super quickly was the power of social media. But I found I was going against all of the advice 
that the supposed pros had. Because my business model was set up around my lifestyle, I really had to fit my business into the cracks. And because of that, I was an adjunct professor. And so I was doing a lot of online stuff with cameras and stuff like that. It was really, it's the dark age. It was 1998 uh, when I was doing this stuff. It was the dark ages of our current thing. But one of the things I found out was that people were willing to pay up to $37 to hear me speak. Now, I know that doesn't sound like a lot of money, but you have to remember people were complaining because they had to download the software called Zoom onto their computers and they were resistant to that. Okay. So that's where I was. And so $37 was a lot of money for them at that time, especially when they were still, there are still people, believe it or not, in that time frame where they were hesitant to put their credit card information in. So those were the days that we were at. So this is where it started for me. Yes, I could sell books, but I had a lot more knowledge. There is so much that goes into a book that isn't in the hardcover of itself. And so that's where I made my money uh, at being an author. So everybody thinks it's because I sell a lot of books. Well, I give a lot of them away. <laughs> They're more like a business card on steroids. And now that's the big thing. I feel like I feel like everybody's kind of joined my party now. Totally. So, right? coming next month. <laughs> right, exactly. I feel like everybody's joined my party and I was like, wow, okay, who knew that I was that? But so that's where I started. It's super simple. I'm going to run you through it. May I run them through the process? I'll give you the process. This is what you do. You have an idea. Hey, you know what I want to talk on? I want to talk on how you can be a standout guest on a podcast because I've been in radio since 1982 and I have been interviewing people. I have thousands of, of episodes. We call them episodes of podcasters, but I was a radio show host back in the 82. And so I've interviewed hundreds of thousands of people. And one of the things that I can't stand is as an interviewer, they don't tell me enough stuff on the interview to be able to ask the next question. So a media kit, let's talk about media kits. They used to be called press kits. We call them media kits now. And everybody's like, I gave you my one sheet. Yeah, your one sheet is basically telling me the, the bare bones minimum. It's like an obituary. This is where I am now, right? It's an obituary. It's dead. Okay. I need like, I found out through accident during one of my interviews, a guest of mine was the number one women's arm wrestling championship in the state of Ohio. And I'm like, why is that not somewhere on your speaker sheet? I can actually talk about that. So that was what I wanted to talk about. And I said, who is interested? Now, this is what I did. I went on to Facebook and this, we're talking about 2015 here. I went on to Facebook and I said, hey, I am running a a workshop, a 90-minute workshop where you will build your media kit with me online using Zoom. <laughs> Who's interested? And I would wait until people started commenting. And then I'd say things like, well, how much would you like to pay for this? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you know, and I had people say things like $37, $47, or, or some people would be, you tell me, like they weren't going to, like they were holding their cards, you know, <laughs> next to their chest. They weren't going to tell me. So let's go up to what I did last year. Last year, I had an author who had never written a book before. She was a shaman. Uh, her name was Reno Longmoons, and she was a Seneca and Cherokee mix. So the joke was we called her a Seneca just because she had the <laughs> hybrid mix. It was it's a it's in fun and love. Anyway, so she had never done workshops before, and I said she would be talking about the medicine wheel according to her people's tradition. She had a mailing list of sixty two people. I had a mailing list of 95 for my, what I call the woo-woo side of my business, the shaman side of my business. So 
we didn't have these huge lists. So we went to Facebook and we said, hey, we're going to be doing a workshop on medicine wheels. Janine's going to talk about the Eastern version and Reno's going to talk about the Western version. Who's in? Like, and I just, I listed all that as text on Facebook. We had people going, we had 14 or 15 people that signed up, uh, that uh, said yes, they were interested or gave us a thumbs up. So we went to uh, Facebook Messenger and said, hey, I saw that you gave me a thumbs up or that you're interested in the workshop. Are you willing to pay $37? That was our early bird rate was $37 just to see if there was an interest. And as people said yes, we built out the workshop as they were saying yes, as they asked questions. So I had one person say, hey, I'm at a conference. Do you have a QR code? Why, yes, I do quickly went online, built out a QR code, slapped it up on the picture. She was running around giving the QR code to other participants because they knew she knew they were interested in shamanism. Mm -hmm. And so we had three people sign up at the $147 price point by that point, uh, just based on that QR code. So we built it as people asked questions. And I think that's the important thing. I have a whole process and a video on it that's eight minutes long that we can put in your show notes on this, where I literally walk through the process of how we did a 90-minute workshop, and we made, I think it was $3,000 based on nothing more than, are you interested? And I love that because it is one, it's elegantly simple, which you know, I am so all over. Stop making it more complicated. And to be fair, stop wasting time and money building something thinking they'll come. What I love is, are you interested? Yes, that's the first buy-in. And we talk about movement as being key. The first buy-in, would you be interested? Yes. Would you pay for it? Yes. Would you pay for this amount? Yes. Would we build you and do it today so you take the early bird? Yes. And as you get closer, prices are going up. Do you still have limited availability? Yes. I mean, the goal I always say to people is you can get the five steps, the six ones almost affirmatively, the yes. You are testing here before you spend time with designers, graphics artists, all these really complicated things, because so often we say, well, there's a market for it. And what I love about your approach here is prove it. And you can create something quite quickly. And for many, you know, $3,000 is like, wow, that's like manna from heaven. And other people are like, I don't get out of bed for $3,000. Well, it doesn't matter what your business is. What I want you to do is test. Will somebody have a connection to the idea? And will they exchange money for it? I also love that you talked about what's the result. If there was not a result, you didn't have to go forward. You could have no, said No, I didn't. That. Not at all. And, and for the $3,000, let me tell you, my client, Reno, she was ecstatic. She never mm -hmm. thought in a million years she'd ever be able to make that kind of money based on a product that had not been built yet. You have to remember, we didn't, I didn't tell her, oh, okay, I want you to figure out what you're going to talk about for the medicine wheel workshop. No, I just said, we're going to run a 90 minute workshop. And then we had people signing up and she started freaking out. I don't blame her because, you know, she had never done this before. Okay. And, and she was still new to being online. It was, it was really kind of crazy for her to be doing all this. She was used to being out in a meadow where they, they would lay out rocks and all that. And so going online was really challenging for her. So $3,000 just realized our, our list was barely two, 300 people. Okay. And we were doing this on Facebook and through our newsletter and the amount of time that we put in it was totally worth it for her because she was building a business. She was brand spanking new in the process. So I know a lot of people will discount ideas because they don't think the numbers are enough, but please realize when you talk about the compound effect, thank you to Henry for talking about that, right? 
this is the compound effect. If you're brand new in the business, you start with these little things. And guess what? I now charge $2,500 for 90-minute workshops. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I'm still doing the same thing. My price has just gone up. And, you know, you can make $50,000 that way. And you can fill the room because you know how. And I think this is another really interesting point. And I'm going to pull it out because I think sometimes we get caught in this. Your lists were small. And so the natural inclination for some people is like, build it and hope somebody will come. And I said, but you didn't think that. You said, our lists are small, recognize we have to grow them. Events are the great way to grow them. We've talked about that here on this podcast. But the other thing was we need to leverage where people already are. So you went into groups that were already there and you can get in front of more people who share like-minded interests. And if you can add value to their community, make the invitation. And this eventually can create a really nice compound effect that does grow your list, does fill your rooms. And the other part of the puzzle was we're going to learn a lot and we expect it to evolve. We expect to learn from every time we do it. And I think sometimes when we get into events, we can get into the, to the thought of, well, am I committed to this as the lane? And to you, you're saying, you know, we still run 90 minute workshops. This is a key strategy that we said, I see it pop. The first one's 3000. Now we can escalate it up, but we still lay foundational pieces. Mm -hmm. We leverage other people's audience. We're getting clear on what the result is and we make the ask. It's what happens? Fun. Yeah. What happens as you start to learn? Talk about us a little bit about the learning because you're building in the background and I'm sure that might feel a bit like the swan with the feet paddling like crazy, but what's really happening once the idea is a green light? Uh, once the idea is a green light, then I give myself 72 hours to build it out and I keep things very simple. If it's not simple, I don't do it. So my graphics are not what some people would call professional looking like. They're not real slick. But my people are very much based on authenticity. I am not a marketing organization. I'm not catering to a, a Walmart or uh, something like that. I'm not catering to big business like some of your clientele are. Mm -hmm. uh, but I am catering to the business owner that's trying to make a living, not a killing. Okay, And this is a big thing that I like to stipulate with people. A lot of the things that you're seeing on Facebook and LinkedIn and stuff where they're talking about how you have to grow your business and you have to do this and you have to do that, it puts extreme pressure on an entrepreneur. You have to remember, my whole goal is to be able to live the life I want to live. And I became an entrepreneur for the lifestyle, not that my business would own me. And so you and I have talked about this before, about working on your business versus working in your business and when to leave the business, like leave it behind and go live your life because this is why you built this out. And so you and I are very much based on systems and processes that work so that we can do that. So one of the things uh, today... I have a summit that I'm getting ready to run. And I had people online and they were like, hey, I'm interested in being a sponsor. And I went, great. And I kind of verbally told them what I was offering. This is the bronze. This is the silver. This is the gold. By the way, I'm sorry, a little deviation. I was told by a professional, oh my gosh, don't you dare do bronze, gold, and silver. That's out. You need to do, you need to call it something else. You need to call it something cute or different, right? Okay. No, no. The word, the word cute. Okay. Was my, is my thing, not theirs, but yeah. I heard cute. Like you need to, to, to make give it, it a, give it a unique right? name. I'm like, I, 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 I'm sure my face just was like, 
I got stubborn and I was like, no, it's going to be bronze, silver, and gold. Why? Because I can remember that. I have too much other stuff going on. I'm not going to be complicated. Also, other people are trained in that. No, I'm not going to do platinum. I'm not going to do titanium. That's for the credit card companies. They spend billions. I mean, okay. So I'm sorry. I get a little passionate about this. <laughs> but by the end, like I honest to God, I still do not have that thing done yet. I still haven't got all the bullet points. It's not sexy yet. I already have $5,000 in a Stripe account because I have two people that signed up to be sponsors just because they know, like, and trust me. So that's where I'm like, I already have money on the barrel head and I haven't even built out the page yet. They were just listening to me verbally and they know me. They know what kind of business owner I am and they know what I do as far as promotion of my summit. So um, I learned this from another person who is a CPA, yes, in Canada, lovely, <laughs> lovely man. And he was telling me, Janine, don't make it complicated. This is what my page looks like. And I almost started laughing. I'm like, oh my God. I said, that is so crude. You know, it's like, buy here, buy here. I mean, the <laughs> buttons were ridiculous. And I said, how much did you make? He goes, I made $50,000 on my sponsorships and I was able to help my clients better. And that's what we're here for. We're here to help people. Yes, we want to make a living. I want to make sure my kids can go to college. I want my mortgage to be paid. I want all this, but I'm not out to make a killing. I just want the lifestyle. And that's what I'd like your people to remember. Well, and you and I definitely come at this from let's build a lifestyle. Let's build the business you want. Let's get in front of the right audiences that you want to serve. And I think this is this cannot be understated. People don't buy because of complexity. It is the reason they get lost in the wilderness and don't go ahead. The simpler you can be on the language is, what does it say on the box? And is it what's inside the box? Like the cuteness isn't helping you get found. It isn't helping people connect. And what's really important, and I huge props to this $5,000 to sponsorship opportunity here on something that is not yet coming, but guys, we'll make sure you're aware of her event in, in the fall. What's important is they could see the value of what she was creating. Mm -hmm. And value is what creates movement. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you as our final question today, what's working in your business? Like, how do you create momentum? You've had setbacks, you want to keep it simple. Hopefully the kids are all getting ready to go to college soon. What's working in your business to stay the lane and to create success in your own eyes? Uh, it is the events. And so one of the things that I found out about uh, myself, I, I'm the author of 14 books. And so sometimes I can get a little fractured because I write in four different demographics. But when uh, 2020 hit and so many people got into podcasting, I saw that there was a challenge because people saw me as a broadcaster and said, oh, you're a podcaster. And they would let me in. And they didn't realize that my broadcasting company actually is on 112 different platforms that podcasters are on. But we also have 64 public radio stations that we can promote to. And if you want to be on the cover of Entrepreneur, we can do that for a cool 30,000. So, you know, it's up to you as to what you want to do. So anyway, I had written the book, uh, Author Podcasting, How to Be a Standout Guest. And so I decided I would run an event for authors, and then I'd run an event for podcasters. And I know there's a lot of podcasting summits out there and everything, but the thing is, is um, I'm both. So I can speak to both audiences. And I've also been in radio since 1982. And so those are things that I know about myself that maybe my audience doesn't know that's what I'm bringing to the table. And so they always say, oh, Janine, your setup is so sweet, and I hear you so clearly, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I'm 
so old school. I'm hardwired in on everything. Everything has a cable. And that's the difference between Bluetooth and being hardwired. It's up to you. Everybody has their own comfort level on that. So anyhow, just those are the things that are working right are events. And then letting people know where you're coming from, because your story is unique. What is it that you are offering that you've been doing for a very long time that they may not know about. And it can be a very simple process, such as when I first started my, my first business, I put a bin out on my porch and this is how I made my first $200. That's going to be valuable to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it is about simplicity. We've talked that before. Janine, how do people find you? How do they get involved in your event that's coming up this fall? If you want to get involved into the event, I highly recommend right off the bat, if you want to be involved, you must have a media kit. So I have a free online course that will walk you through it. And it only takes about 90 minutes for you to do. Oh, yeah, there's, there's something in that, not 90 minutes. Magic threshold. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes about 90 minutes to do it. You can hire somebody to do it for you, but you can go to author podcasting, just like the, the book here, authorpodcasting.com and forward slash free. And it will have a very simple graphic. It will say, get into your <laughs> media kit course here. Big, long bar. <laughs> Click. You're in. <laughs> I love it. Guys, go find her. Definitely think about how you can apply the concept of a minimal viable product in your business. Get talking about value creation before you invest all the resources to ensure the concept is a hot one people will pay for it. And you have then the ability to backfill the processes to create a magical experience. Janine, thanks for being my guest today. Everyone go connect to her. The details are in the show notes. We will see you all on our next episode. That's a wrap on another amazing episode of Amplify Your Marketing Message with me, your host, Christine Campbell-Rappin. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss another great episode. And be sure to visit christinecampbellrappin.com slash podcast to get a free resource on how to master your marketing message. We'll see you all on our next episode.